In the summer of 2009, HIV rates were climbing among gay men. Jose Ramos and a group of friends sat in his kitchen in Los Angeles, California, and wondered why. With so much information out there, why weren't people listening, reading, learning, understanding? So they came up with a solution. Instead of preaching to people, they wanted to have a conversation with them. Jose presented the ideas to AIDS Healthcare Foundation, and Impulse was born. Impulse is compromised of volunteers who tirelessly dedicate themselves to the cause of sexual health education, advocacy, and breaking stigma for gay men, both positive and negative. With support from the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, this group of volunteers works to create campaigns, events, and online content to reach a new generation of gay men who live in a modern and rapidly evolving world. In 2013, Impulse opened a second chapter in Mexico City. Since then, they have rapidly expanded to include 11 U.S. branches, South Florida, Atlanta, New York City, San Diego, Dallas, Washington, D.C., Orlando, and San Francisco. International branches include Mexico City, Guadalajara, Fonfe, Bangkok, New Delhi, and Beijing. Today, I have the honor of having my friend, Jose Ramos. Welcome, Jose. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wow, that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot, that's yeah. That's a lot. I mean, that, was a, that was a complete mouthful. I, I don't realize <laughs> that we are in so many countries until someone like you yeah. tells me, and I, and I remember, I'm like, oh, wow, yes, he's right. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, man. What yeah. you've done is incredible. When, been... you, when, you, when you really, as if people are listening uh, to seven questions, your work um, thus far, uh, your reach is, is really remarkable uh, for not starting too long ago. Right. It's been almost nine years. I, I think we have a total of like 480 volunteers around the world. Yeah. And mind me, these are volunteers who yeah. want to give time back and, and give back to their community. So it's, it's pretty cool. Well, congrats, man. Thank you. That's Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> incredible. Well, you know why you're here, uh, and our listeners know they're listening to Seven Questions, uh, where I ask people who are world leaders and people that I find fascinating Seven Questions. So as you guys know, we pretty much just jump right in. First question, Jose, what do you think is the meaning of life? The, the meaning of life for me is to find a purpose and you know, impulse came out of that. I was working for corporate America and, and I was doing decent, uh, but I felt like that was not what I wanted to do. I felt like there had to be something more, a different meaning. And I believe that we all have a legacy and you leave a mark. And I feel like for me, that has been um, the meaning of like, what will be my mark? What will be the legacy that will live beyond um, when I'm gone? Mm, I like that. Yeah, I like, yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, leaving a mark is something more people probably think about than they admit. I myself do th- can admit that I do think about that because we are here for such a short amount of time. I agree. And if you're aware of that, you kind of d- you take an initiative or an action to do something that will allow you to continue when you're no longer here. Agree. It, and a lot of people get gone hold on how big the impact is or how mm. big the legacy <laughs> is. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like that is only our egos mm. fighting with us because you, you know I've seen and I've met great people that had impact one or two people and, and a legacy lives beyond mm-hmm. so it's not about quantity and it's not about who did it best it's about was it, were you happy and were you good at it mm, well said I love that were you happy and were you good at it 
Um, hey, because if you're not good at it, find something yeah, else. Like, <laughs> if you're not good at it, stop. Stop. It's not your. It's not your calling. I love it. I love that. <laughs> Question number two: Best advice you've gotten and used. The my, Michael Weinstein, who is the founder and president of Eight Healthcare Foundation, has been a mentor of mine. Mm. After Impulse became a little more well known. I started to get a lot of personal backlash from community um, to calling me different names, telling me, oh, it's because you're a positive gay man, which at the time I wasn't. Mm. Um, you just want people to be like you. So I started getting a lot of really negative comments, attacks, letters. I, you know, Somebody even wrote it in my windshield, died of AIDS fag. And, and I remember getting really upset because this was a choice of of mine to give back and and I was getting so much negative stuff from people and I remember going back to Michael Weinstein and and I was a little beaten and it was a little bitter to our community because here here I was trying to give something back and and people were retaliating for no reason Mm. and I kind of I wanted to give up I didn't understand why do I want to do this I don't get paid Mm -hmm. and at the (laughs) end of the day who cares Let, let gay men do whatever they want let them risk their health and Michael told me, well, first of all, you need to stop listening to the noises mm. because the noise is going to get louder and louder as you continue in this work of advocacy and community outreach. And if you listen to them, you're not going to get far. Mm. So stop listening to the noises because it will get louder. And then he said, and if you give up, who else will come in for you? So you have to, you know, the price of, of leadership and the price to have a voice is high and it's not all about the glam and, and what people see on social media or Jose is in New Delhi, wow, and you see me with, with men everywhere. And mm-hmm. you know, that is just a, a glimpse. But what people don't see is all the darkness that happens that gets you into the light. Um, so for me, that advice was really powerful because after that, I, I don't read what people write about Impulse a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't read, you know, when we put a project out, a video, I don't really read it anymore because I take it personal. Mm-hmm. And then you get so involved and, and, and angry yeah. and you start just, it's not good energy. So I, t- I don't listen to the noise. And then I also don't give up uh, in the community, even when they annoy the crap <laughs> out of me. I still love them. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I like the third one, don't give up, because that's actually mine. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, it's, I actually have a plaque in my room that says never give up. And listeners have probably heard me talk about this more than once. But it's, it's, it's just three simple words. You know, it's never give up. And on whatever it is you're doing, like keep pushing through all the darkness, all the non-glamorous things. Um, if you're passionate enough to just... To whatever that idea is or, or mission to just keep pushing uh, and those words I have and I look at every day like since he's given it to me and you brought and you brought what I think the main key component is you have to be passionate mm-hmm. because if I wasn't passionate internally or didn't feel like this was the purpose because mm-hmm. I do feel that this is the purpose of me giving something back I would have left mm. when, when, once things get ugly or you're in a job and, it, and you just it just doesn't satisfy you. You leave. You leave. Because yep. you're not passionate. Mm-hmm. If you're passionate, you do fight. Yeah. You That's fight. when you know you're in the right place. Mm. You just have to get through it. Yeah. I love that. That's good advice. Um, third question. You've been through, a, I think you've had a, um, an amazing career and still young. Uh, do you believe in luck? Luck. <sighs> 
That is a good question. <laughs> I do to some degree. You know, I do believe that there's things... I feel like I have really good luck, or people say that I have really good luck, but then I also have really bad luck. Mm. So something bad will happen to me, but the best scenario will come out of it. Mm. Or it will help me grow the best way possible. So I'm really lucky in very unlucky situations. <laughs> but I also believe that you kind of create it for yourself. You know, like mm. you do so many things and then later it seems like, oh my God, I got lucky. But to some degree you do. Some opportunities, you know, it's a matter of time. Who do you know? And, and, and just luck. Mm-hmm. But what you do with it and how prepared you are to take it has to do with you mm-hmm. and what you've done beforehand to get you there or to make the decision that will get you to be successful or to be someone. Mm. So it is a little bit of luck, but I've seen a lot of people have that luck, but they haven't had anything else internally to get them to make the best out of it. Mm. So it is a, it is a little bit more. It's, it is a little of luck out there, but you have to make it happen. Luck will not make you successful by itself. Got it. I like that. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, question number four. What's been the most difficult choice you've had to make to fulfill your destiny? I had to deal with with my own insecurities as an individual. Through the process of, of trying to be a leader in a community and, and have a voice in topics like HIV, uh, drugs, alcoholism, um, sex. Mm-hmm. I had to deal with my own shortcomings and in, in some of those themes, and and it, it took me a while for me to be comfortable in my own skin, and allow myself to be human and make mistakes, for me to have a voice. Because I always felt like, who am I to say this if I done this? Mm. Who am I to preach when I struggled with it last night? And I had to deal with my own um, insecurities and my own demons before I could really take off and once I started dealing with it accepted it for where they were and and then tried to improve myself not so much for the community but for my own uh, self everything started to move the right direction mm. and and I started to see the so impulse insecurities were my insecurities and they manifested through the group mm. and as I became strong and dealt with my own demons impulse did it too and we kind of grew together yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I think that I think a lot of people can relate to that idea of. Um, I almost look at it the way I hear it is sometimes we our projections on things if we don't deal with them ourselves, um, they manifest over into X Y Z. If that makes sense, uh, and sometimes it's like if I tell someone not to do something and I'm still doing it, then until I deal with that myself. I, at least for me, I can't be authentic or I can't, um, I know I, I'm, I'm not giving my best if I'm telling someone to do something that I'm unable to do. Uh, and I'm not able to grow if I'm not, if I'm not, I'm like, how do I work this? If I'm not being true right. to that, to that um, dictation. Which, which is, which I agree with you, um, but we also have to realize, you know, and I always think of a doctor who tells a you know, a client. Mm-hmm. Smoking is bad for you. Oh, yes, exactly. It will give you cancer. <laughs> and then you go outside and then you see the doctor in the corner <laughs> smoking. You're like, oh, my God, look at that hypocrite. Blah, blah, blah. Who is he to tell me? Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, you know, he has his own 
things dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that the message that he gave you was wrong or 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 not the right message. I love that. Um, so I we have that. to remember that, you know, for, you know, for example, safe sex. Mm-hmm. I've struggled with safe sex all the time. So I'm not a perfect golden child of safe sex. Mm-hmm. And I don't think if I don't know I don't even know if I want to be because mm-hmm. then how am I going to understand mm-hmm. people and the risks they take? So every time I will have unprotected sex with anybody, I will feel guilty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then no, I mean just because I'm saying I'm telling people own your sexuality, own your health, just because I'm having my own personal issues with it, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the message is wrong mm-hmm. or incorrect. No. And we have to, I. You should definitely try to improve it, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what you're trying to do. And you can, it's okay to grow mm-hmm. with the people that you give in advice to. Yeah. You're not perfect unless I think it's wrong when people, oh, I'm a virgin. I don't do anything. Uh, <laughs> I sit home and I read books, Yeah. right? And they, they preach that, but mm-hmm. then they're completely opposite. That is hypocritical. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being able to understand it and, and try to improve yourself and give feedback and advice, I think it's fine. Oh, I got you. Thank you. Unless you're a God, you're probably not going to be perfect. <laughs> Unless you're a God, yes. And I don't know if Jesus... I don't even know if he was... <laughs> God's not here. Yeah, I mean, he's here, but yeah. I don't know any man that's that's God today. Um, no. I like how Neither do I. Neither do you. Okay, perfect. We agree. Uh, question number five. What makes you feel most alive today? You've had all this success. You've, you're around several countries. You've got chapters all across the U.S., you know, what is it that makes you feel most alive? At this point. At this 2018, point. Yeah. April. Right now, being able to see life at its purest level in different countries is giving me life. Um, so right now, the experiences that I... And I have, have them often. You know, I think once a month or every two months, I will travel to a country, throw a world country, and I will experience something that is very, very impactful. Uh, I recently did Cambodia, and I went to this orphanage of children um, who were impacted by HIV. They were all HIV positive, from you know a two-year-old girl to a seven-year-old boy, mm-hmm. and just being able to see that that how life manifests around the world gives me life, um, gives me hope that you know that that, that we're doing a um, we do, my team and I are doing something great. But then there's also so many other people doing great things mm. and that gives me life and it has nothing to do with the finance of it or the glam of going to different countries but just being able to live and experience a life that you don't or you can't do here mm. I love that I mean wow I see it's funny what makes me feel alive as I'm listening to you is doing this you know once a week sitting with leaders and people that I find fascinating and understanding what makes them tick outside of their everyday job or what people perceive as their job and mission so just hearing that allows me to like reminds me of what i'm called to do which is listen and and learn from people like you who are making an impact and and you will see any 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 major leader that i've met that i really respect when you ask them you know what gives you life what satisfy you Mm -hmm. i haven't met one that says the success the fame the money Mm -hmm. i think that is a secondary you know side effect Mm -hmm. it's always something more emotional more internal Mm. than financial resources yeah i mean money's not bad money's not bad (laughs) money's not bad you got a few laughs there but you're right i think most people will say it wasn't the money that continues to make them feel alive it's it's other things um and unfortunately two people find that out too late 
uh, unfortunately. I think. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes people, the money, you know, gets so loud that mm-hmm. they it takes over. Yeah. yeah. But then I wonder were they really, really, truly, honest leaders to begin mm-hmm. with? Yeah. Or did they just play it until they they did what they needed to, and then they're see you later. Mm-hmm. Give, give me the cash. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Question number six. What is the lesson that's taken you the longest to learn? Leading people in a in a volunteer nonprofit format, you know, is very unique because a lot of the times in, in my other leadership roles, I've been leading a lot of people, but I, I pay them mm-hmm. or the company pays them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so leading a group of volunteers is, has taken a complete different skill of mine. I still believe in, in that people want to do good. Mm-hmm. Um, so time over time, I keep getting slapped in the face because I trust that people really come in for the best interest of really helping the community. And like anywhere else, there's people who just come for the finances. Mm-hmm. Um, they either want to just get the money, want to use the money for their own gain. Mm. Um, I'm still having, I haven't learned that 100% how to be able to just cut the plug early on because t- they tend to linger. Because mm. they still think they, there's something good in them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, over and over, you know, mm-hmm. I see that they, there's not. So I ha- haven't learned that lesson yet of, mm-hmm. of really being able to not believe that everybody's here for the best interests of the community and the group. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank Sounds you. Sounds sad, I'm huh? Still, no, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still processing that. I'm like, went into a like, huh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's a lesson that I think people can relate to, um, anyone listening. I think one of the lessons that I'm constantly trying to learn is um, it just really, I always accept people as they are, but remember that people won't always respond the way you do. And so you, like if you, let's say you give a gift to someone and that person doesn't say thank you, but you expect thank you, like accept them, expect, accept them as they are in their flaws, I guess is what I'm, what I am the lesson I'm continuously learning <laughs> is that we I have these expectations of what I grew up with manners um, but they're my expectations and not everyone has that same does, doesn't live that way and so the constant lesson I'm uh, that, that I'm reminding myself of is to just accept people don't put too much stress on wanting them to change or recognize where they did wrong um, and just accept that that that's who they are. I don't know if that makes sense, but it it makes sense. And you know, I always think of birthdays and Christmas, right? Mm. So I went to a Christmas party recently or last Christmas. I didn't took presents, mm. and I got a present from my friend. And I kind of feel like I obligated that I should have bought a present, but mm. I don't. I don't buy people presents, even if it's somebody really close to me, just for the sake of buying presents. Yeah. And but I feel like sometimes in a lot of interactions in, around our community, I give you something and we expect the same thing back. Or if I'm gonna give you a present mm-hmm. in Christmas, I expect one too, and 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 it's not, mm-hmm. you know. And and I agree with you. <laughs> so agree. You know, we, we we if I always tell people, do your thing mm-hmm. that makes you happy. So if mm-hmm. I'm want to give you a present, it will make me happy. I have, I don't care, you know, what you do with it. I mean, I hope you appreciate it, but at the end of the day, I was truthful to myself. So I gave it to you with no expectations about how it's gonna make you feel. Or are you going to give me a present back? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to give me a hug? If you have no expectation and you give and you are authentic, 
you will be very happy. Because mm. people will always, if you expect, you will always be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Sooner I, or later, trust me. Yep, expect the unexpected. That's what I. <laughs> that's my. That's my new quote. Expect the unexpected. I expect so, nothing. And we just use. It's just a community. We're used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the environment that we live in. So. It's going to take you a while because that's kind of the expectation. Yes, yes. Or like when somebody says, oh, my God, you look so good today. Thank you. You kind of feel like the, the next thing you should say is, oh, my God, you look great, too. And it's, it's just these fake interactions mm-hmm. that we have because mm-hmm. we feel like we need to. So, yeah, don't. Don't, yeah. yeah no. work, keep working on it. It's a good <laughs> yes, one. Yes, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, number seven, Jose, we're done. I Almost know. Done. Wow. <laughs> Question number seven, what advice would you give to your younger self? Mm. I I made some some mistakes. Uh, I feel, you know, when it comes to my relationships, family, and even work, I, I feel very good about what I did. But I definitely was ashamed of some decisions that I made or some outcomes. And then instead of dealing with it, I I I put them in the closet for years, mm. and they and they took a toll on me personally and emotionally. And I never allowed um, the real friends or real people connected to me to be of help. And, and I do feel I'm so independent my whole life and th- that I've seen now that I've gotten a little bit older, there's a lot of people ready to, to help me and, and for me to say I need you because they want to give back. Mm. And I just never given the opportunity. So there's, there's, if I could go back, I will tell myself, don't be too hard on yourself. It's okay to make mistakes and allow people to be with you, to help you because they're, they're dying for it. Mm, I love that. I love that. I think for myself, it would be not be afraid to be... I think I was always myself, but there are parts of me that I was afraid to be. Um, and I think I would tell my younger self to be the light that you were meant to be. Um, what part of you were you... I think I've you? always known I had charisma that I had. People charisma? Were, <laughs> charisma. <laughs> no. Okay, yes. I but I've always been told these, you know how you, you're told you have a great smile or you right. have these things, but you don't, you, you bury them uh, because you don't want to really stand out. Uh, maybe part of me was shy when I was younger. I was afraid uh, to stand out. Um, and so you blend in with society uh, for many reasons. Mm-hmm. And now I look back and a lot of those things that I was shy about and didn't come out about, I now wish I would have owned my true self, more of my true self then. Uh, and just, and then I, then I, I mean, I do it now, but I wish I would have started then because who knows where I'd be now. But um, that's, I would tell my younger self to not be afraid, uh, to be the light, to be who you know, you, you know you're meant to be, I guess, if that makes sense, for fear of what people tell you and parents and all these obstacles that uh, that people are afraid to, like, push forward and whatever their dreams are, if that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I recently read this uh, book um, called I'm, I Am The One. Mm. I don't remember who the writer is. Um, <laughs> Someone will look it up and get back to <laughs> I, you. I know. <laughs> I am the one. I am the one. <laughs> But it, you know, it, long story short, it just talks about how we, we expect for all these things to happen, right? We want the career. We want to find our true selves. We want to f- be married. We want to have kids for our happiness to be complete. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole purpose of the book or the whole concept is, what are you waiting for that 
for them to be happy to live life mm. life is happening to you right now mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I think even even finding out who we are the process of finding who we are is life mm-hmm. and it's all worth it and I feel like you know so don't feel like you know even with when we think of our younger selves we kind of went through the process that we needed to mm-hmm. and that was life yeah. And I look back and it was an all glamorous, but it was, I was never more alive than the times that I failed or the times that I questioned myself, the times that I went through those times. So we, it's just, that, that is what it's all about. Yeah, no. So you're living and you're living really well right now. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree. I appreciate that. Um, well, thank you, Jose, thank for, you. you know, joining us on our podcast, Seven Questions. It's been an honor to have you. Thank you. Uh, hopefully our listeners um, are are more enlightened uh, by your wisdom. And again, for all those listening, uh, you're listening to Seven Questions, where I ask world leaders and people I find fascinating seven life-type questions. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for subscribing. Until next time.